Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of January 18th, 2022, and this is officially episode number 500. We have made it. Well, I made it. Well, I guess uh, some of you guys have been around for a little while. You've made it as well. And this is your host, as always, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com. And I was wondering earlier today, when did we stop saying 2000 of anything? It used to be 2006, 2008, year 2000. I don't know. Now it's just 2022. I don't know. I guess I'm guilty of that as well. Anyway, uh, kind of uh, trying to warm up, trying to unbury from Snowstorm Izzy that uh, plowed its way through uh, Sunday night as I was on my way home from work. And uh, just pummeled, uh, pummeled us here in Northeast Ohio. Had uh, well over a foot at least by Friday. I'm sorry, by uh, Monday morning, and continued to snow all day long on Monday uh, afternoon. And I had uh, a really difficult time even getting out of my driveway and couldn't get off the roads here locally, where I live. A lot of uh, cities were closed. So they were telling people you can't even be on the streets. So welcome to January uh, here in the Northeast, in uh, especially here in Ohio. We uh, we should expect it. We should know it's coming. Unfortunately, it's not the same as it used to be. Uh, we had snow all the time when I was a kid, and uh, and now it's just you get a couple snowstorms a year and everyone freaks out about it. But anyway, uh, we've made it. We're through it, and tonight. As I mentioned, episode number 500. It's a long time coming. Uh, since 2008, I can't even do the math. That's so long ago, it seems like. So much has changed uh, since 2008. Uh, one thing that we added along the way during the show uh, was the list of paranormal conventions, uh, conferences, conventions, and I've updated that complete list. I started it a couple of weeks ago and realized there's a lot of stuff going on early. January, February, uh, March is kind of the unofficial start usually. But it seems like there's a lot of early conventions this year. Uh, April and October are the two heaviest months generally. But it looks like it's really spread out this year. And, of course, I, I don't think... I've got them all. As a matter of fact, I know I don't have them all. I, f I stumbled across a, a few uh, while doing some research, and I basically just researched last year's events to see what was happening this year on the uh, conference calendar. Uh, but I did uh, peek around. I had a few people send me some stuff through instant messenger and emails and things. Uh, and I'm sure I'm going to add a few more along the way. Um, like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, there's an uh, event out in Oregon that's requiring proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test, like you're going on a cruise uh, for uh, all speakers, vendors, 
instructors and attendees, which is new. I've never seen that before. So I don't know if that's going to be a trend. Uh, people like to copy each other in the paranormal, especially with conferences, conventions, because uh, a lot of people never done these things before. They don't know how they work. Um, probably wouldn't be a smart or a, wouldn't probably would be a smart thing to kind of make sure you're being taken care of and people aren't going to come after you. But yeah, good luck with that, though. Um, but we'll see how it goes through uh, spring, summer. Things could change. Uh, hopefully we're uh, getting out of this thing. We don't have to talk about it anymore soon. Um, but yeah, tonight we'll talk talk some history. I think I talked in 2018, I talked about the history of the show. I was a few years ago. It was like three, three and a half, four years ago. So we'll talk a little history of the show. And there's a question in chat. Do I have a favorite episode? Uh, actually, I do. Uh, even though they're, um, they're all kind of the same now with a, a one hour segment. And it's just, I sit here and talk uh, I miss the old days when I used to pre-record stuff. Uh, a lot of those were, I'm sure I have a favorite one of those when I could produce my own stuff. Of course, doing a, a ten, even a 10-minute segment took a couple of hours to uh, add in, uh, just to do the voiceover, then add in music and, and sound effects and all those fun things. Uh, but I have to say, uh, probably one of my favorite shows actually was a bad show all at the same time. Uh, and I say it's a favorite, not because of good news, but because of the heaviness of what happened. Uh, that was the, uh, was it April 18th, 2018. It was the uh, passing of Art Bell. Very emotional show. Uh, it didn't really affect me as much, but I just saw what was going on and, realized like how big this guy really was how many people he reached and uh you know every paranormal show was just shut everything down and was just talking about art bell and i was on the media everyone was talking about art bell it was just amazing to see the outpouring for somebody involved in the paranormal so and unfortunately that was the last show i ever did on my last network prior to coming here to the Paranormal King Radio Network, so weird. Uh, no, just not wasn't happy because of that. It was uh, that was kind of a, a shocker too. But um, great show. It was uh, very very emotional, and I felt like uh, really connected with everybody. And then yeah, that was it. I was homeless. That's that's kind of uh, the radio business in a way. Uh, I mean, this is a little bit different doing a, a radio network, but. Uh, if you're on terrestrial radio, you never know when things are going to change for you. Um, but I uh, got a few things in the news. But, I, you know, we're, if we talk about the show, we talk about the show. It's 500. It only comes once in a while. And I'll tell you, we had 400. When was episode 400? can't remember off the top of my head. But it, it kind of came and went. I didn't really talk about it too much. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Oh, uh, July 16th, 2018. So it's been a couple of years since 400. Uh, didn't really talk, wasn't too excited about it. I don't know why. 300 was a big deal. 
But 400, I don't know why. It just wasn't a big deal. Uh, but 500, I think, is uh, an extremely big deal. I don't know really who else out there has had shows that have lasted that many episodes. I know there's uh, quite a few radio shows that have been around for as long as or longer than me, but I don't know if they've racked up that many episodes. But I've missed a lot of time uh, here and there. just missed a week last week. But uh, I think it all comes down to just saying thank you to anybody and everybody who's ever listened to the show, especially tonight and uh, through the years. I mean, so many people have come and gone. And, you know, that's – it doesn't doesn't affect me because I know it's not personal. People come and go out of the paranormal all the time and people have a favorite show and then they kind of move on. It's uh it's just it's it's the the way of the the paranormal. It's just how it is. I could tell you hundreds of people that are gone that were around that people thought would be around forever that uh just ended up moving on. And you know, it's just how it is. You know, I've always had a nice group, tight group of people that follow the show. Um, you know, it's changed over the years, but it is what it is. I mean, there's so many different ways to listen to these shows that you kind of lose that connectivity. And I, I probably don't even know just how many people are really listening to this show anymore. It's just, it's spread out so far uh, with Apple and uh it's just so many, like dozens of radio networks. It's it's insane how many different podcast uh, things I'm on. It's it's just crazy. I, I stumble upon a new one all the time, and I'm like, I didn't know I was on that network. Pretty cool. Um, but uh, I've, I've enjoyed the ride, and I hope that other people have enjoyed the show as well. It's it's not the easiest format to do. It's probably one of the worst ones I could have ever chosen. Uh, but the way it started out, it made sense, and I probably should have done something different when I went on my own. I was told that by a, a few people who uh, ran networks at the time that I asked if I could continue the show on when uh, I went uh, solo for the first time. And they said, no, it's not a good idea. Your format stinks. Doing news alone is not good. No one's going to listen to your show uh, because it expires. You know, news gets old, even after a day or two. Who wants to hear old news? Uh, but I tell you, we see a lot of trends. We see a lot of things that go to year to year to year. And I really think the history of the paranormal is is ignored if you're not looking at the news and not looking at what people are trying to do or doing, what people are seeing, what people are experiencing. It's all right here. And unfortunately, you know, groups come and go and they they fizzle out. They turn off their websites and we don't get to see what happens. We don't get to see what all the fuss is about. And in reality, uh, people kind of make their own reality through these paranormal groups. And uh, when you're talking news and things that happens, when you get to the bottom of it, when you strip away all the belief and the wishfulness and hopefulness that there's really a UFO or really a Bigfoot behind these stories, the reality shows through over time. And, you know, we have our typical basic stories, uh, you know, the Loch Ness monster stuff. But occasionally you'll have something really big and really weird that happens or emotional, such as the passing of Art Bell or Stanton Friedman. 
those things rock the paranormal world and those things deserve to not just have a, a place in, in history short term when it happens, but to, to be talked about, to be reviewed at the end of the year. It's the kind of stuff we should be doing. So uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of podcasts, they do uh, they do a segment, though, so they'll have it during the show. And it's kind of something I did a long, long time ago. Way back in 2008. Uh, so I started as a paranormal researcher way back in 1996. Uh, my story is boring. I uh, didn't have anything happen to me that uh, caused me to get into the paranormal. It was just something that I kind of stumbled into. I wanted to know the truth. What's really going on behind claims of ghosts? And through the years, I got into cryptozoology and uh, UFO research, work with MUFON, work with a, a bunch of cryptid organizations as well and that led me to be on a lot of these paranormal shows as a guest and there was a show called the grand dark conspiracy which initially when i heard that name grand dark conspiracy i didn't think that would be a very good show for me to be on um so when i get an email or a, a phone call or whatever i meet somebody at the convention and they say hey you want to be on my show I'm always kind of tentative. I want to make sure that that show is going to be a good reflection of me and that I'm going to be a good reflection for that show. It should be a, a mutual thing. You shouldn't just jump at every show to be on because sometimes it's really not the, the show that you want to be on or uh, doesn't reflect what you're doing in the paranormal or re whatever it is. If you're a writer, um, investigator a team owner putting on a convention whatever you're doing sometimes these some of these podcasts especially if they're new uh, may not be the the best thing for you to be on if they're embarrassing or silly um so this uh guy named dan bounce got a hold of me about the show on email me back on april 22nd of 2008 and he said hey you want to be on my show and it was very professional great email and just from that alone, I thought, yeah, this guy sounds good. And I could not find any information about the show. So uh, some back and forth, he, he admitted, yeah, this is a brand new show. You're the first guest. And I thought, well, uh, that's a little nerve wracking. But uh, the show went on in May. It was a nice two-hour interview. Great show, just really relaxed and uh, more like a conversation, which is how they should be, I think. And it was a great show, and I felt really strong about this this show that I think it's going to last for a long time. So I hung around and uh, worked with his message board, and I, I shot some guest information to him, trying to help him out. Not that he needed it, but uh, that show was a monthly show. So I was the guest in May. I think he had uh, Lloyd Auerbach on the next month, and uh, just a, a few random ghost groups after that so he reached out to me said hey uh it's september and uh, or august actually on the august show he invited me back said hey you know i want to change the direction of the show from just ghosts to get into some uh cryptid stuff and maybe some ufo stuff as well so uh we went and had a, a great conversation and we brought up the paranormal news and he said hey if you want to do a segment you do whatever you want to do. Just send me a just send me a file and I'll put it on the show. And I thought that's wonderful. You know, no one's ever just given me free liberty to do what I want to do. So I kept it brief, kept it short. And the Paranormal News Insider 
made its debut. I tried to keep it between five and seven minutes, although sometimes they crept up to ten, just so he could kind of plan out his show a little bit. Uh, so the show made its debut on September 12th of 2008, and there was uh, Campfire Tales as well as a two-hour interview with Stanton Friedman. So I made my debut on a show that had an interview with Stan Friedman. Pretty cool. Um, but yeah, being the first guest, that show uh, was just phenomenal. He had a, a really big following after a while. And, you know, I, I hung around because I didn't want the show to fail. That would be embarrassing to be that first guest and that show just die off. Uh, at the time, the uh, that show, again, like I said, was a monthly show, and it lasted that long until uh, 2010, late 2010. And we got uh, – in that August episode, we talked about the Georgia Bigfoot body story that was going on, which ended up being a hoax, and we pretty much called it on the show. We knew it was going to just dissolve. It was only a, a few days after that that it fell apart. And, yeah, we talked about doing a new segment. And I just basically would pre-record stuff. So I would use multi-track software, put music in there, uh, podcast safe so we didn't get in trouble, some sound effects. Uh, it's pretty popular with uh, podcasts today. It's pretty much what you hear. The production value is pretty much the same as what most of these people are doing. Um, some of it that I hear today is a little weird. It's just not as, I don't know, it just doesn't sound right. It's all loose. You know, if somebody says something and then a sound effect comes on sec several seconds later, I, I don't know. It just doesn't sound right. Um, but I've always done stuff like that. I love the production value, but it just takes so much work. And, yeah, the, the news thing, I was warned about it. But I stuck with it, and I thought it was uh, really effective. It's hard to do a, a monthly show because so much happens, but you can really get down to the, the reality of a, sh of a, uh, during the show with what really transpired with these, uh, these events. But sometimes it made it hard because things were changing so fast, but, um, I enjoyed doing it and I stuck with it. And again, it, it allowed me to thoroughly research stuff, which uh, I carried over when we did go, uh, weekly in August of uh, 2010. And I was a little nervous to go weekly. I, I didn't know if I could do a, a weekly show, gather uh, enough news as well as uh, produce an episode. It takes a lot of time and, and effort, but uh, I did finish 2010 without missing a week. I also did the entire year of 2011, 52 episodes in that year. I, I forget how many I did consecutive. It's like 80 some odd shows I did without missing a week. I don't think I could do that anymore. Um, we floated around. Uh, Dan was producing his own stuff. And so he did, wasn't on a network. We eventually went on a couple of different networks. Um, I remember the Shark Radio Network and Fate Radio when it was uh, still operated by Fate Magazine. Uh, I think it's somebody owns it now. It's just independent, I think. Uh, December 30th, uh, 2013 was the last show on an internet radio network. Uh, so after 162 shows, the Grand Dark Conspiracy went on hiatus and uh, took the Paranormal News Insider with it. So we didn't have a, we didn't have a network. And Dan said, just wait, I got a plan. So it took a while. Seven months later, on August 5th, 2014, the show returned on terrestrial radio 
through WQTT AM 1270 out of Marysville, Ohio. So Marysville is just outside the Columbus metro area. Uh, so this brought the show to a huge audience and obviously continued to be a podcast after the live show. But having a, that live audience um, was huge going from, you know, you still get a lot of reach as a radio network, probably more today than you did back then, because more people, I think, are listening to podcasts than ever. Uh, at the time, that network, uh, WQTT, was branded True Oldies. I think they had a, an AM channel. They had a sister uh, or an FM channel as well. So they had some a couple sister channels that we eventually were on. Uh, and I was uh, really excited about that because I could use licensed music now because uh, being on a radio station, I just couldn't put it on my own uh, podcasting thing, which I didn't do at the time. I just used Dan's show, basically. Um, you know, you talk about favorite episodes, but one of my favorite interviews of all time came through the Grand Dark Conspiracy uh, on that live radio um, format that we were doing. And at the time, he was doing it uh, Monday through Friday. So basically Sunday night through, well, I guess it would be Monday morning through Saturday morning, late night. So it was 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. was the time frame of his show. And he would do uh, pre-recorded interviews. Obviously, no one's going to come on that show at 2 in the morning to do an interview. Uh, but still stuck with that format of pre-recorded stuff. He was trying to do it five days a week to compete with this other show. I don't know if you've ever heard of this coast-to-coast thing that was going on. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we were trying to draw traffic from that show. Being on the AM station, uh, you know, it's pretty gutsy to do that, but you got to try different things. And, uh, so I was at the Westerville public library, which is uh, probably, I think half hour away, 45 minutes away from Marysville. Uh, so after that two hour plus, probably two and a half, three hour, uh, interview at, or, uh, presentation at the Westerville Public Library, checked into a hotel, and then showed up at the studios at WQTT, uh, probably about 1.30 in the morning, and hung out with Dan, and uh, we just started the uh, the radio show live at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I tell you, it's it's one thing to sit behind your mic at home and do an interview, which is you know what we're all used to, but to be live in a, in a radio station – it's so much easier because you're looking at the person interviewing you. It's, it's, um, you know, Dan and I had always gotten along really well and had done a lot of interviews together, uh, kind of co-hosted a few shows with them as well. So we already had that good rapport, but, uh, to be live in the studio, we really bounced off each other really well. And it was, uh, probably the, the best interview I ever had. We actually went through a couple of, uh, breaks that we were supposed to take. So I was waiting for the FCC to knock on the door. And shut us down. But um, a lot of fun. So that's probably my favorite interview of all time. Uh, February of 2015, the Grand Dark Conspiracy changed its name to the Darkest Hours Late Night. Uh, Rebrand to get away from that Grand Dark Conspiracy, which was actually, looking back, I, I realized, you know, people were confused. Whenever you were to use the word conspiracy, people get thrown off. They think... Then it's uh, about UFO cover-ups or JFK and uh, faking moon landings, all those things. But really the Grand Dark Conspiracy was more or less 
how we interpret the world around us. You know, some people will swear they see a ghost. Some people swear they see a, a cryptid. Other people may see that owl in the tree. Uh, we all see things differently. And yet, at the end of the day, there's something behind all these experiences that can't be explained away. So there's something bigger than knowing what is happening, but what is happening. So it's basically wrapped in the enigma known as the Grand Dark Conspiracy. And I really like that, um, having that you know, kind of mystery behind the show, but people didn't get it and they didn't try to explain it, but it just never came out, um, cleanly. People just, you know, people come and go, like you said, from listening to these shows. Um, so the, with the name change, you went to a, a one night a week, Friday nights. I uh, had, uh, Dave Considine, who is a religious demonologist, became a co-host. He, I was jealous of, of uh, Dave Considine because he had appeared, more times as a guest than I did, and I was upset about that. It was a running joke that uh, he had, I think, seven or eight appearances on the show, and I'd only done like five. But then again, I was on there every week with my show, so it was no real big deal. Uh, but uh, Dave and I are at the opposite ends of the, the spectrum as far as what we do, uh, but we always got along. And He was a great guy to have uh, on that show, and I think having the three of us on that show granted i think i only did a few because of scheduling it's hard to get up at two in the morning to do a live radio show but um when we did it it was uh, it was a lot of fun to uh have all three of us together uh but uh there was a format change in may of 2015 uh dan decided to uh, leave the radio station uh, which was a, a real big bummer because it really seemed like it was gaining momentum. And there was rumors that we were possibly going to do some other bigger things. Uh, then I heard that uh, he was going to do a, going to a, a network again, uh, but I never really heard much. And as far as I knew, he just decided to move on and uh, met a girl. You know, girls will do that to you. And uh, so his life went in a, in a different direction. So after 230 episodes, that was it. I was done. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do. If I was going to change the format, uh, you know, take live callers, which I'd never taken live callers. My shows were always pre-recorded at that point. Um, so I thought about doing, uh, doing interviews to do with the stories, but you know, I've tried to put that together a few times, and it's a lot more work than it seems like on top of doing all this research, um, thought about just doing an interview show period, but you know, there's so many of those, uh, you know, I thought about, uh, getting somebody else, a co-host to do stuff, uh, doing it solo, quitting altogether was a, was an option as well. And I, you know, I did take time off. I just decided I'm just not going to do it probably. And, uh, it didn't take long to uh, I did a couple of interviews and I just really got the I don't know you get that bug once you're on the radio once you're doing a show and I had done shows previous to this this wasn't my first foray into uh, the interviewing side of the mic I was a co-host on a probably long forgotten podcast called the Paranexus Universe 
And that show still gets downloads. I have access to that, and it's still getting downloads after show's been off the air longer than the show's been on the air. And they're still getting downloads. And it was a fantastic show. Uh, I was not a regular host or co-host. I was a guest on there a couple of times, and I did get to co-host the show a few times. Actually, I hosted the show. I had uh, Benjamin Radford. I had uh, I had a few people on that show. Now they think back about it, but um, only was a host on there a few times. Uh, I was on a couple of other shows as a as a co-host, you know, off and on. Uh, but they're all the same format, the interview type shows. But yeah, this was my my first big baby by myself, and it was hard to walk away. And I'd been a guest on a show that I, I think was actually on this network. <clears throat> but I think at the time they were on this other network, a show called uh, Paranormalities and Ponderings. Anybody remember that show? It was a cool show. Um, but I think that was on the CJ, CJ Mars radio network. And I liked the, the people that were on the that network and known a few people. So I uh, decided to join that. I wanted a nice, friendly network. I heard a lot of things that people were told what they could say or uh, had to do a certain thing or couldn't have certain guests or couldn't talk about certain things. And I just, I don't want to work for that, you know, especially, uh, or paying a lot of money to be on a network. That's really didn't appeal to me. Um, so I decided to do that September 8th, 2015, my first one hour show. And I, my voice ran out. I don't know why I've done many, many interview that were two hours long or, um, other appearances on the big stage in front of people that were longer than an hour. But, uh, yeah, ran out of voice. Uh, through the years, I think it was an, a year and a half later, that uh, became WCJV Digital Broadcasting. That uh, They had a, a couple of hiccups. Uh, we took some time off. And then, uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, April 17, 2018, the announcement of uh, Art Bell's passing probably one of my most emotional shows. It really had a lot of people commenting on it and thought it was just another show to me. Uh, 127th episode on that network. It was over. Uh, they shut down operations uh, that pretty much the next day and it was over. Uh, so I, again, pondered what to do. Where am I going to go? If I'm going to go anywhere, am I going to keep going? I really felt like I had some momentum so I didn't want to stop, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to uh, go through everything again. So the first time I stopped when I was, was kind of asking around to different networks, uh, it seemed like nobody wanted anything to do with the show. And I couldn't figure out why. Uh, you know, the, the news thing wasn't something that appealed to people. But what's funny is a lot of these shows, I, you know, I offered to do a pre-recorded segment. I sent them uh, snippets of my work and, and what I had done. Uh, links to full episodes. And what was funny is, is a lot of them that turned me down, I noticed a couple of weeks later, they were running pre-recorded segments of the news. Interesting. Wonder where they got that idea from. But I got mad at first, but then I realized, you know, when people are copying what you're doing, you must be doing something right. So uh, the first time around, that was motivation and kind of thought about that in the back of my mind. A little bit that if people are still kind of copying what I'm doing, and I think I do it better, I'll throw that out there. I, I toot my horn, beat my chest, whatever you want to call it. 
uh, you know, think I get down to the heart of the matter. I dig in beyond the headline. And uh, a lot of these shows, they, all they do is just they read parts of the story and then they just sit around and contemplate it uh, where I do the work before that and bring you uh, really the truth behind the matter as far as I can dig. And I'll tell you otherwise if it's not. Uh, but, yeah, I decided to come to this network, the Paranormal King Radio Network. Uh, that was episode 360. Oh, so long ago. July 17th, 2018. It seems like yesterday. Uh, but I've been here a while. And I uh, really, you know, sometimes you got to take the long way to get to where you want to be or where you should be. And I'll tell you, I, I love this network. I love being here. Uh, this is kept having a great producer and a, just a great network. It keeps me here. Keeps me doing what I'm doing. And having uh, great listeners. A lot of people emailing me with information. And, and uh, you know, even the hate mail. I'll take hate mail all day because that means you're listening. Even if you don't like the show, that's great. You're listening. And that's what matters to me most. So tonight goes out to you guys. Thank you for listening for 500 episodes and uh, the 143rd right here on the Paranormal King Radio Network. And with that, we got a couple news, new news pieces it's kind of a – it's been a weird year. You know, we're 18 days into the year. There just seems like, you know, like a volcano, how there's earthquakes and a little bit of bubbling and maybe some bulging at the surface. I really feel like that's happening in the paranormal right now. There's so many small stories and so many little snippets of UFO sightings and cryptid sightings, but nothing has really broken the surface I just feel like there's going to be a big thing happening pretty soon. I don't know what it is, but I feel like something something is is big. It's going to happen. Um, I saw a really cool story. So I'll, I'll launch this out here on Cryptid News. Uh, you know, we've all heard about uh, former. I don't know. Is he former? Is he still doing Blink One Eighty Two? Tom DeLonge. I don't know. He's uh, talked about it, Get, rejoining the band. I don't know. I don't think he's in there right now. But anyway, um, rock and roll and paranormal. Seems like there's a little bit of a connection. Um, we've had some sports people in, involved in it as well. But I was amazed to find out that a, a rocker from my younger days popped up on the radar with a YouTube video about Bigfoot. And I tell you, my... Uh, I was lucky to um, to be uh, in a family that uh, really loved music. I think everybody loves, loves music. I think that's a universal thing. Uh, but my mom dragged me to a lot of concerts when I was a kid, which was kind of embarrassing, yes. But at the same time, it was cool because I got exposed to some big bands like, like Kiss. I don't think I would have ever liked Kiss. Uh, other than, you know, when he showed up, they showed up on Scooby-Doo and all that stuff. But uh, really cool to see them and other bands. And uh, my sister would always blare music so loud in the room that I think the neighbors, uh, I think the, the people across the street down the road could probably hear what she was listening to. But uh, she was an influence and I kind of took a lot of her stuff, recorded her cassette tapes back in the 80s. Um, but one band that was kind of mine I guess you could say, like, I was the first one in the household to really like them, was a band called Poison. 
you know, four guys wearing makeup. Um, that one of the hair bands of the eighties, uh, went to a concert, uh, dragged my mom to a concert in 1986. And, um, I forget who they, if they opened for somebody or somebody opened for them, but uh, it was a great concert. Uh, back in the day when you had to get those shirts with the, you know, the long, the baseball shirts, with the black sleeves and the white shirt, everybody, and you wore them on like Fridays at school. If you were allowed to, you wouldn't be allowed to nowadays, probably. But um, yeah, I loved music, loved the hair bands back in those days. Bon Jovi, Rats, Cinderella, you name it, uh, Motley Crue, so on and so forth. Uh, but Poison was one of the first concerts I went to. It was an outdoor venue here in Northeast Ohio. And uh, yeah, they're old. They're old. And they're trying to go back on tour with uh, Motley Crue, uh, Def Leppard, Joan Jett. Uh, stadium tour, but uh, obviously with COVID-19, they've been delayed on that. So what are they to do? Well, one of the uh, one of the rockers from Poison, the drummer, who has really been the one that you never really hear from, because you always hear from uh, Brett Michaels, who's on that show with uh, uh, Trump. Uh, he got fired. But... Uh, and C.C. DeVille, probably one of the greater guitar heroes of the day. Uh, but Ricky Rocket, the drummer from Poison, uh, recently uh, published a YouTube video about Bigfoot. And I thought that was pretty cool. So I was like, eh, I got to listen to this. I don't know how good it's going to be. I'll tell you what. It was pretty long. Some of the editing was a little weird. Uh, I was really choppy. But I tell you what, it was probably one of the better things I've seen on Bigfoot in a while. Really good production value. It should be, being a, a guy who's got the money and the time to do that kind of stuff. But uh, I think it's he just Ricky Rocket on. Let me throw that YouTube link in the chat room. <clears throat> yeah, Ricky Rocket. On YouTube, and it was a fantastic video. Let me see here. Yeah, Ricky Rocket. So it's R I K K I R O C K E T T. Pretty sure that's his birth name. It's got to be. No way it's any anything else. Uh, but yeah, Ricky Rocket on uh, YouTube. Seventeen, almost eighteen thousand subscribers. Uh, only 171 people have liked the video, 946 views, but that's a lot higher than what it was earlier today when I checked it out again. So I think it's a pretty cool video. Um, it doesn't really change anything, but I, I like how he did it. So uh, you have to check it out. He kind of he shows both sides of the story. And he lets you, the listener, the viewer, decide. And he's he's into all kinds of stuff. I watched a couple of his other videos. Uh, he's into motorcycles, which is pretty cool. And uh, a lot of other topics. And hopefully he'll circle back to Bigfoot again. And speaking of circling back, something we talked about last year. Uh, we've talked on and on about mountain lions years ago and then the alligator thing. And now last year, was a lot about these African servals that are just roaming around here in the United States. Uh, another one was discovered in the backyard by a resident in Massachusetts on July 4th of this year. Uh, the animal 
uh, which is illegal to own in Massachusetts as a pet, uh, had a severely injured leg. Uh, it's, unfortunately, it's going to have to get amputated, so it's not uh, going to live in pain, and it's going to live out its life in a sanctuary. No word on where it came from. It just appeared in this uh, person's backyard. They've nicknamed it, or I guess given a name to it, a Bruno. Kind of looks like a Bruno when you look at him. But uh, yeah, don't don't get these animals if you can't take care of it. And they're you know they're cute and everybody wants to have their their own kind of cool animal. But I tell you what, they're very difficult to take care of. Uh, very uh, uh, they they they'll scream at you. They pee all over everything. They tear stuff up and they're escape artists. They're gonna get out. They're gonna get out. Uh, it was actually uh, injured its leg. Uh, more than likely, they kind of alluded to it in the story that it probably got hit by a car. So it wasn't uh, intentional. It wasn't like chained up or anything like that. Probably hit by a car. Um, it's a shame, though. It's those things like people throwing their alligators in the ponds and, and letting these cats loose. It's, it's just shame. Like, don't, don't own these things if you can't take care of it. But you, you probably don't think about it at the time. You know, we're all the same. I see. I so I work in retail, and I see these kids kicking and screaming. They got to have this toy, and you know what's going to happen. I already know they're going to get the toy. They're going to get home, and eventually that toy is just going to end up under their bed, like Toy Story. You know, then they're going to want the next big toy, and then uh, they'll get bored with that. Then oh, oh, oh mommy, I got to have that toy, and it never ends. And eventually we grow up, and uh, that doesn't change. Got to have this car. I don't want that car anymore. I want this car. Oh wait, my neighbor's got a uh, my neighbor's got a big dog. I gotta get something else. Eh, maybe I'll get an African serval. That'll that'll show him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta get something bigger and better. Yeah, maybe I'll get an alligator. Put him in the put him in the garage. So we don't outgrow that. I forget there's a name for that. I can't remember what it is, but uh, we all have that. We want things that we think will make us happier, but it never does. Anyway. Enough for the psychology. UFO news. Uh, weird. I don't understand why this is a big story, but it seems it's been trending the last three and a half days as one of the biggest stories in UFO. I'm confused, uh, but then I thought about it. Instead of sidestepping it, I'll talk about it. Uh, it's a topic I, I really have avoided. I think I've only done one story on this uh, since. And it's no, it's not the new office coming soon the u.s government that's been a, a hot trending story as well uh, but this one is about the potential ufo in antarctica and like i said i've seen i've seen these stories i've only talked maybe once or twice i've seen dozens of these stories through the years it's the same as uh, mars they see something a weird rock on mars that's a ufo it's a rock. No, it's not a rock. It's a UFO. It's got to be a rock. It's a UFO shaped like a rock is what it is. Oh, it's a UFO base. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, sometimes they're interesting. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're, they're you kind of look at it and go, yeah, I see where you see that at, but you're wrong. But it's still interesting. Um, but I'm not sure why so many outlets have posted stories about this. Uh, it was a post on Reddit 
And the thing that struck me is it was a newly created Reddit page. It was the only thing this person's posted. So kind of as a red flag a little bit. Not that it's a hoax because it's real. I've seen it. I pulled it up on, on my Google Earth Pro. Um, there was not even comments about it. I don't know how anybody found it in the first place, unless it was submitted as a story, which is what I'm thinking. Uh, the original post has uh, the picture. It's, um, it's a cell phone capture. I noticed that right away when I saw the, the image. I'm like, you got it on your cell phone? Like, couldn't you do better research than that? Is that what we what we uh, we allow now? Just cell phone, you know, just a, a screen cap is going to be evidence of a UFO. And they thought it um, was a UFO flying, so they thought it was flying over the surface. But it's really not. If you know Google Earth and how it's put together, um, you when you're zooming down through it, you zoom. Zoom through the clouds, and then you see this thing. So it's not flying. It's uh, at a lower depth. Uh, if you use Google, actual Google Earth Pro on a computer, you can see a lot more detail. And you can get the scope of the, the lay of the land a lot better. And if you know what you're looking at, Google Earth, it seems like it, it really fools a lot of people. I know there was the, the clown image, which was pretty cool. Uh, people stage photos all the time with this stuff and he, there's things that are misinterpreted like the, what was it? The, the dock, it looked like somebody got murdered on the dock the one time, but it really wasn't, really wasn't that. Uh, there's people who jump to conclusions all the time and all sorts of stories, but uh, probably no more than Google earth. seems like every week there's something somebody finds or somebody interprets as something else. Now this one was pretty simple to me. It, it just looks like a large pillar of ice. Uh, the shadow fits the surrounding area, uh, but you also have to be careful because the image that you're looking at is part of an overlay. There's a lot of uh, series of satellite images that are overlapping this area, and they're all of different time frames. Uh, the Antarctic area isn't really something that there's cameras sitting over taking pictures every every flyby. It's not really something that happens. Just when that satellite is in that area, it does uh, when they need it. And it's usually cloudy. So you have to wait for a clear day to get uh, a satellite image like that. And it's pretty rare. Uh, so these are probably taken in warmer times. So it looks like there's a lot of melt from this. And to me, it just looks like a large pillar of ice. It's white this purported UFO. I didn't know UFOs were white. Uh, I guess they could be white, gray to blend in with the sky, even though why would they design a craft to blend into our atmosphere when they're coming from wherever? I don't know. Um, but yeah, the uh, if you read the story, they have weird latitude longitudes in there, which if you follow that What's in those stories, I think you can adjust it in settings, but it takes you to the middle of the ocean near Antarctica. So I was confused by that, but I uh, did research and I found the actual, uh, the actual, I'm not going to read it. That's a lot of point zero fours, things like that, but I'll, uh, 
throw it in the chat room if you guys are interested. I know you guys are researchers. So there's the latitude, longitude. And there's a lot of artifacts that you'll see. Uh, there's airplanes flying and some reflections, and sometimes things are cut off, and you'll see buildings reflect up. So you get a lot of funny things. Even when the uh, cars are driving through, there's overlays, and it creates funny-looking things that uh, aren't real. You can't take that as, as an actual photograph. There's a lot that goes into those things. You really can't take them for what they are. Um that just weird, weird story. Really not that uh, top ten kind of story, but and I was thinking earlier today of some of the strangest stories I've had on the show, and I thought about talking about some of the most obscure stories I've talked about, but I thought, you know, with the news being not really that great uh, this week, I thought, why not pull out some of the strangest stories of all time that were actually big stories that we probably forgot about over the years. Anybody remember the Merman? Yeah, see, I told you. Uh, 2015, there was a story out of Poland. It was a video. And in the video, somebody was standing on a bridge. They saw some guys... Uh, maybe some girls go down with a gurney to the edge of a river. They were all dressed in hazmat suits. Um, kind of low level, but uh, completely covered in these hazmat suits. And they picked up and carried what appeared to be a merman. It was uh, definitely a person, but they had a mermaid tail. And they put him on a gurney and they wheeled him up to an ambulance and just took off. It was the weirdest thing you'd ever see. Uh, you figured it was um, staged and got a lot of uh, attention, but nobody had a solution. Nobody found out what it was. And uh, So I keep a little list of stories that have not been solved. And some of the more peculiar stories are ones that uh, stick out or one of the, some of the more popular ones that I've never really found a solution for. And this one sat in there for like a year and drove me crazy. And so every couple of weeks, I would try to find information. And the problem with this is um, there's a language barrier. Sometimes you can get through that. Um, I can, anything that's uh, Spanish or Mexican, I can usually crack pretty quick or use keywords to search for things. I'll even use um, different Google search, search engines in different parts of the country or the, the world to find information. If I have to, that's not trick. That's a pretty tricky thing to do, but you can, you can fool, you can make the internet think you're wherever you want to really, if you want. Um, but they came down to a language barrier with this and I don't know Polish very well, uh, but it turned out, I found out it took over a year. I kind of given up on it. And one day I was just searching and I stumbled upon it as actually a living art segment. So it was through the uh, the museum, the art museum. They were doing a living art uh, gallery on mermaids. And we had a similar one. Uh, I didn't write this one down. I forget when it was. Probably 2015, 2014-ish. The, uh, those, wasn't the Caribbean? 
that people came across these weird creatures in the cave playing music and people somebody like swam up to one or whatever they weren't sure what it was and people were freaked out about it but again that was just a living art um setup thing uh Another weird one we had, uh, 2015, the Greek water cryptid. I got a picture of that thing. Uh, it was huge. You wouldn't think that it would be a big deal. If somebody sees something strange in the water. It was highly viral. I was really surprised. But uh, the thing about it was, it was people were stumped. They weren't sure what they were looking at. Nobody could figure it out. Uh, everyone was throwing every kind of creature you could imagine, even animals that didn't exist in that area. To describe what it was. If you're in the chat room, there on the left is this picture of the creature, just this grayish looking creature in the water, and people couldn't figure out what it was. What is that thing? Well, it didn't take long for people to discover. No, it wasn't a creature. Instead of trying to figure out what it was, and I was guilty. I was the same way. I was trying to figure out what kind of animal would look like that. Uh, but it turned out to be a boat fender. Just a boat fender in the water. Yikes. Uh, one of the more strange and uh, eerie stories that I've ever talked about here on the show, which has uh, come up a number of times, and it predated the show, the Salish Sea Human Foot Discoveries. And this story started back on August 20th, 2007. And since then, at least 20 different feet. I haven't checked in a while, uh, but I'm the last time I checked it, uh, at least 20 different feet were discovered in and around the Salish Sea area of British Columbia up there in Canada, uh, as well as Washington State. And I've spent a little time in that area. It's kind of eerie to think about. Uh, a lot of times these feet are found. They're in a sock in a sneaker, but the foot has been severed at the ankle and just floating or found on a beach. And this has been a huge mystery for a long time. A lot of people have studied this, uh, different scientists. It's really spooky when you think about it. And there is, uh, I think, three or four pairs of feet have been discovered, so left and right. But usually, it's only the right foot, which is weird. How does that happen? Um, now, a lot of these, through DNA analysis, have been found to be people who were missing gone missing or committed suicide jumped off of bridges uh but it's still weird like would it would it be happening everywhere why just this area but it's just the way that uh the wind the water the tides and everything just work out in an advantage and a, a foot in a sock and a shoe isn't going to be eaten as quickly as a uh, a person who is wearing uh, clothing that just uh, will eventually come off or wear away through waves and animals just get in there anyway and eat it. Uh, just really a creepy story. Uh, probably one of the more let down videos of all time in cryptozoology. And there's been a lot over the years. Hoaxed videos really irritate me. But one that was uh, I got so excited about that even though it turned out to be a hoax, I was still excited. It was still pretty cool. They fooled a lot of people. Uh, the Costa Rican dodo video in 2015. Uh, so there was a naturalist, apparently, that was uh, taking video. You see an iguana 
in uh, like a nighttime image. And then all of a sudden you see this bird in the background. It kind of looks familiar. You're not sure. And then all of a sudden it gets right close to the camera. And you're like, my gosh, that's a dodo. And it was exciting. And it just kind of, it came out of nowhere. And people were talking about it. And uh, you, you knew in the back of your mind it was a hoax. There's no way. But the production value was very, very good. Uh, unfortunately, it turned out to be a Portuguese conservation team's creation warning people about how animals are disappearing from the earth in record numbers, and any one of them could be the next dodo. And we found out because the second video, the follow-up video to that, the dodo reached off screen with its beak and held up a sign that was uh, written in Portuguese. I had to have somebody translate. But uh, I was so... I was so let down, but I was laughing at the same time. I mean, we all knew it. We all knew it. Uh, one of the more eerie uh, ones that uh, actually I had a hand in busting, which I try to do that as much as I can. I've had a few that have made uh, some news stories on busting, major stories. Uh, took place in Africa, of all places. It was uh, the Kitway flying man picture and obviously this was more than likely fake everybody knew it but nobody could really wrap their arms around this so the picture was purportedly taken on march 5th 2017 at the makuba mall in kitway zambia which is in south central africa um wasn't too hard using uh, uh image search software which is readily available now um I found the exact photograph. I basically cut that image out of the mall picture and I was able to actually find the exact same thing. Uh, it's part of a kit of a, uh, a kite that you put together. It's, I think, man, it must be all together. It's called Spirit Man. It's manufactured by Martin Lester in the United Kingdom. There's uh, different colors of that. They're not as big as what they portrayed in, in the picture. Maybe like 12 feet long. But uh, fooled a lot of people. Until I got the pictures together. And as soon as I did it, it seemed like everybody else found it at the same time. It was uh, it was busted pretty quick. Uh, more recently, I think more of a concerning story was the giant drones. Colorado, Nebraska, and Kansas in 2019-2020. Still to this day, there's no explanation for these ginormous drones that were not like drones that we think of with the four little... Uh, Propellers, this, these are more like those long, like rocket-like drones that the government has. Uh, the government says it wasn't us. Craziness. What about the, probably the craziest story? Number two that year in 2019, Storm Area 51. I'm sure we all remember that one. Uh, that was a Facebook event that went mega viral. Probably one of the more outlandish stories uh, in the paranormal period. Started out as a joke. Uh, but uh, turned out to be pretty serious. Ended up killing a couple cows, injuring a lot of people. What an embarrassment. Uh, Michigan Meteor Madness. That was another big story. Tuesday, January 16, 2018, a meteor uh, passed over Michigan, creating a sonic boom and a flash. Happens all the time. Uh, but even though the meteor was seen in a lot of neighboring states, 
uh, the boom happened over Michigan and uh, led people to believe there was a thunderstorm or an earthquake or even the meteor strike when that news came out pretty quickly. They could triangulate that with uh, all these witnesses that were, you know, uh, emailing in or whatever you, there's software that you can you can say that i saw a uh, a meteor and you could triangulate that pretty quickly of course there was a lot of people that thought a ufo had crashed of course then three photographs of a fire in taylor michigan which is uh, kind of the epicenter of where the earthquake was uh, or the uh, sonic boom which people thought was an earthquake was uh, began circulating on social media leading people to believe the meteor had actually crashed in the city and was causing a fire. Uh, there were also some photographs, uh, so this was in January. Uh, there were some light pillars, which are lights that seem like they go to uh, the sky. It's, sometimes it's a, an artifact of cameras, but it's, um, it's an atmospheric phenomenon as well, uh, that were taken, that were shared, and people thought were photos of the falling meteor. And social media was just in overdrive with the story, leaving a lot of people extremely confused as to what was happening. All the stuff, all these things that were independent were all mixed together. And, you know, everybody was thinking the worst case scenario here. And to top it all off, there was a local pastor who even made a prediction of a meteor strike on New Year's Eve. So just less than three weeks prior, said that there would be a meteor that was going to change things. And I uh, cleared up that story pretty quick on my show. Uh, I was amazed to receive emails from people that actually lived in Taylor, Michigan, that uh, thanked me for bringing some sanity and clarity to the story that uh, even people in the media had a hard time uh, separating everything. Uh got a lot of other stuff the sunspot observatory evacuation in 2018 that was weird randomly fbi showed up the helicopters were escorting people out of the building and there was a huge conspiracy theory about that local law enforcement had no idea what was going on uh conspiracy theorists said uh, there was a ufo in, near the sun uh it turned out to be a janitor in the facility was uh, suspected of downloading and distributing child pornography using the Wi-Fi at the observatory. That was a weird. Uh, the, what about the CERN sacrifice video of 2016? We still don't know exactly what happened with that. It looked like a, a woman was being stabbed at the uh, facility. Uh, it was shot through a window by a guy who was observing it. We knew it was a hoax, but there was an internal investigation and CERN never made any kind of public acknowledgement of anything. Of course, we had the clown pandemic of 2016. That was probably, uh, wasn't really paranormal, but man, did it grip the world in fear. So what do we have this year? What's coming up in 2022? Well, I don't know. What's happening in the next 500 years? episodes the next 500 shows i don't know uh, but i'm excited to find out I'm excited to uh take that journey with you guys well, i was gonna change my outro but uh eh, maybe next week we'll, we'll keep it the same going forward i guess i don't know i didn't get around to changing it but we will see you 
next week. But for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. You know, I dismiss a lot of these things on the show, but don't give up hope. There's still that possibility that we're going to crack something really unbelievable someday. Uh, So for the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.